Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 1, excuse me, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. But, chapter 2, verse 1, but there were also false prophets among the people. Even as there will be false teachers among you. Peter is warning them then and us today to be aware and to beware of false teachers. Just like in, in the Old Testament, you had, you had prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Amos, Obadiah, true prophets of God, the Holy Spirit. They were moved by the Holy Spirit to speak the things of God. And during that same time, you had false prophets. That's what, that's what Peter's trying to tell us. During that same time, you had false prophets. And know this, that for every good and true teacher of the Bible today, for every good and true teacher of the Bible today, there are also false teachers. Look what they'll do, verse 1. They secretly bring in destructive heresies. What's that? What's a destructive heresy? Well, that's an opinion. A destructive heresy is, a, is an opinion or, or a teaching or, or a doctrine that doesn't agree with what the Bible says. This kind of teaching destroys the truth in the minds of, of the students. What else does a false teacher do? It says here they, they may even deny the Lord who bought them. Now what's that mean? That they may even deny the Lord that bought them. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 verse 32, Whoever confesses me before men, I will confess him before the Father in heaven. But whoever denies me, I'll deny him. You are not your own if you're a Christian. You're not your own. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, you were bought for a price, verse 20. But a false teacher, they'll deny Christ. They'll deny, they'll deny the, the Jesus Christ who, who, who bought them with His blood. Now, the question of the hour is, are you a false teacher? Am I a false teacher? It is my purpose this day to explain what a false teacher is. Why some claim that that we are meeting in this building tonight, some claim that we here at Fountainhead Church of Christ are false teachers. And how you could be how you very well could be a false teacher. The dictionary says that false means contrary to fact or truth, 
unfaithful or disloyal, not real. Okay? That's the first meaning. Contrary to fact or truth, that's number one. Or number two, unfaithful or disloyal. Or number three, not real. And a teacher, the dictionary defines a teacher as one who teaches, one who imparts knowledge or skill. So, a teacher who imparts knowledge contrary to the facts or truth is a false teacher. Now, I don't know about your Bible, but mine has headings within the chapter to help one find their way around the chapter. And in Second Peter chapter 2 in the New King James Version, each section of that chapter it divides it up into four different sections. And it's perfect alliteration. It's perfect for a preacher. It's, it's the four D's of a false teacher. Yep, that's, that, that's the four D's of a false teacher. This teacher is making straight D's. And as we look at each D, make sure that you keep running in your mind that, that question that I asked. Are you a false teacher? Am I a, a false teacher? Is it me? Because we're all teachers in some way, aren't we? Each and every one of us, we're teachers in some way. We, uh, every one of us... Uh, our teachers and learners and you know just by being here you're teaching somebody just by being in the seat you're teaching someone but is what you're teaching is what you're telling folks by even your presence here tonight is what you're telling them is it false is it false you, you may not mean to be but you could be by being here singing these songs praying with the one who leads the prayer, socializing, worshiping. Are you a false teacher? Well, let's find out. Let's find out. Let's look at the, at the four D's of, of, of the false teacher. And the first D of a false teacher we've already read about in the first part of chapter 2, destructive doctrines. A false teacher brings about destructive doc- doctrines. The false teacher is not going to, to teach things that will bring one closer to God. They're going to teach things that will ultimately drive a wedge between you and God. They'll teach things that will, that will push you further away from God. Their teaching is destructive. Sometimes it tears lives apart. Sometimes it tears souls apart. Who in the world would do such a thing? Who in the world would, would act this way, and would teach these kinds of things? Who in the world would would deny the Lord today. What does it mean? What does it mean to deny the Lord? Deny means to declare untrue. Deny means to refuse. And get this, hear me now. Hear me now, church. Deny means to refuse to believe. Deny means to refuse to recognize. So when one denies the Lord today, they may declare that Jesus is not God's Son and, and the Savior of all mankind. But, but who would do that? Who would do that? Who would actually say that with, with their words or, or with their actions? There are hundreds of religions that do not believe in Jesus. Hundreds of religions. We could, we could 
count them out. They're easy to spot. Or are they? Are they easy to spot? You know, I've, I've played for you in class before here on this, on this wall. I've played for you when Billy Graham was speaking with Chuck Schuler, and he was denying on camera that Jesus Christ was the only way. He denied it. Joel Osteen, I've played that for you before. He was on Larry King, and he too, he denied that Jesus was the only way. Oprah Winfrey says there couldn't, and this is her words now, there couldn't possibly be one way. There couldn't possibly be just one way. There are many ways, she says, to get to the light. She said that Jesus, these are her words, Jesus did not come to die on the cross, that God is a feeling experience, not a believing experience. The Hindus, the Buddhists, the Muslims, hey, we can see them coming. We can see them coming a mile away. We understand they don't believe in Jesus. We, can, we get that, okay? But someone who says they're a Christian, we got, really got to listen to what they say, don't we? We really got to listen and compare it to the Scriptures. Who would follow such a person? Who would follow such a person that would, that would say those kinds of things? Who would do that? I can't believe anybody would, would follow such a false teacher, someone that denies Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. Millions upon millions of people follow these false teachers every day. Every day. It says here, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, And many... And many will follow their destructive ways because, why? Because Olstein said it. Because Graham said it. Because the Oprahs of the world said it. Because, verse 2, whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. How? Verse 3, by covetousness. 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 Yes. They desire what is actually another's. These false teachers desire what is actually someone else's. That's what it means to covet. What could they want? What could they want? What could the Olsteins and the Grahams and the Oprahs and the, the Bill Nye, the science guys, what could they want from us? Fame? They got that. They got fame. How about fortune? They got that. They've got money. Power? They got that. What else could it be? What else could it be? What else could be driving this? Glory? God's glory? By covetousness, it says, they will exploit. They'll use us selfishly. They will exploit us with deceptive words. Notice, notice 
a destructive promise here for these destructive teachers teaching destructive doctrines. Their destruction does not sleep. Their destruction does not sleep. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, it'll come upon them, this destruction. And they will be, well, they'll be doomed. They'll be doomed. Contained in verses 4 through 11 here, contained in verses 4 through 11 of 2 Peter chapter 2, are three examples of how the doomed false teachers are, 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 are so doomed. First, verse 4, it says, God didn't spare the angels who sinned. He cast them down to Tartarus to wait on their judgment. Second, the ancient world, verse 5, where, where, where everyone died except for Noah and his family. Third, Sodom and Gomorrah, they were turned to ashes because of how wicked they were. God saved Lot and and just his immediate family, didn't he? That was it. Verse 9. If God knew how to take care of sinful angels, a wicked world, and two wicked cities, then God, verse 9, knows how to deliver you and punish the unjust, verse 10, especially those who walk according to the flesh. How? Verse 10, they are lustful, they despise authority, they are presumptuous. In other words, they take for granted what they've been given. Know anybody like that? They are self-willed. Know anybody like that? Self-will runs riot in this country, doesn't it? Self-will runs riot. And they are not afraid to speak evil of anyone. And you know, the world, the world may see this as, as courage, but God sees it, God sees it as false. God sees it as false. Because even angels, verse 11, who are before the Lord, they don't even accuse. And, and the angels are bigger, better, badder than any Joel's, Oprah's, or Billy's, or anybody. Their doom is sure. Because these, these false teachers among us are, are depraved. They're depraved. They are morally corrupt. They are like deer and turkeys and pigs and cows and goats. Like verse 12, natural brute beasts. They are made to be caught and destroyed. Now who made them? Not God. You can't attribute this behavior to God. Their moral corruption, their depravity knows no bounds. How? It seems like they're good people. How? Seems like they're the person next door. How? They speak evil of things they do not understand. You, you know people like this. You don't, don't you? You know people like this. 
Ain't nothing but a hip, bunch of hypocrites up there at church. I ain't going. How many of you ever heard that? Y'all think y'all are the only ones going to heaven. How many of you heard that? Well, I, I don't read the Bible, but if I'm just a good person, I'll be okay. I don't need to go to church. I've got all I need on the TV. False teachers carouse party. What that? What they carouse? They party day and night. They are spots and blemishes. It says spots and blemishes. You know the sacrificial Old Testament lamb that was brought to the temple was to be without spot or blemish before it was sacrificed. If you look at places like Exodus chapter 5, verse 12, the church, the bride of Christ, is to be without spot or, or blemish, Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 27. Our bodies, our own bodies, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, are to be a living sacrifice. But these, these false teachers, it says, are a spot and blemish. They're a spot and blemish on the church. They're a spot and blemish on themselves. It says their eyes are full of adultery. Now, I've always understood this better the way Paul described the false teachers to Timothy. He described them in Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 6 and 7. He says, these are the sort who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Peter says they don't cease from sin and they entice or they get others to go in on their sin with them. Know anybody like that? They once were children. They once were, were, were children of God. Now they're accursed children, Peter says. Accursed children. Because they are trained, look here, they're trained to want everything. Know any kids like that? Trained to want everything? Know any adults like that? Trained to want everything? You know, that, that word training brings up re repetition, doesn't it? Something that you do over and over and over and over again till it just becomes a part of you, right? If you're, if you're a well-trained baseball player or a well-trained football player or you're a well-trained bowler or whatever, a well-trained golfer, you're going to do those same moves that make it possible for you to play that sport or do that job, you're, you're going to do them over and over and over again until they become a part of you. And that's what this false teacher has, has done. That they, they've, they, they've been trained to want everything. There are many ways to destruction, but there's only one way to God. And false teachers have forsaken that way. Like Balaam. Talks about Balaam here. Balaam, in Numbers 22, he, he prostituted the ways of God for his own gain. He was a prophet and he, he, he prostituted his ways. He, he sold what he did for money. 
So do false teachers. They trick you. They scare you. They entice you. They lull you into following so they can gain more and more and more all because of their covetous greed. We wish in our time, we wish in 21st century America, we wish that we had some dumb donkey. We wish we had some dumb donkey. But all we've got is us. That's all we've got. All we've got is us and we, like Balaam's donkey, must voice our opposition and not be silenced. We must. False teachers are like wells, verse 17, without water. You know, from a distance, if you're thirsty, you're thinking, I'm going to get me something to drink. We would think of it as maybe a tap on the side of the wall or, or a water fountain. And you see that water fountain, you're so thirsty, and you, you go to it, and, and before you get there, you almost know that, that it's not going to work because it's just dry inside, isn't it? And you push on the button and nothing comes out. But you're so thirsty. That's what a false teacher's like. False teachers, it says, are like clouds carried by the storm. They're just, they're just blowing around. And notice their, their reservation. Notice their reservation here. Have you ever made a dinner reservation? You ever made a, a hotel reservation? You ever made a, a rental car reservation or, or a vacation reservation? You ever made one of those? Look at, look at, the, look at the reservation of, of, of the false teacher. Now, before you do, think about, think about being in a room or think about being at a time where you were in a room. I can, I can see it in my mind now. You were in a room that was the blackest and darkest room you've ever been in. You can't see anything. Think about that time. Think about that time. Think about the blackest darkness you've ever been in. And that, chapter 2, verse 17, is the reservation of the false teacher. The blackest darkness forever. Why? Because of D number 4. They are deceptive. Verse 18. They speak great swelling words of emptiness they show you what you want they show you the flesh they show you the sex they show you the party they show you the eyes they show you the bling they show you the money they show you the power they show you the fun they show you the the rage against the machine they show this they show this to you Christian they show this this to you those who may have lived that way before. You may have lived like that. You may have lived in sin. And they try to entice you. They show you these things. You, have, you who have escaped, and they, look here, they promise liberty. That you can do what you want. You, you can be who you want. You don't have to listen to anybody. I'm okay. You're okay. Do what you want as long as it feels good. But really, the false teacher, they're slaves. They're slaves. And if you let them overcome you, verse 19, you'll, you'll be a slave too. 
these rascals maybe even knew Jesus and at one time obeyed Jesus, but because they are entangled again, listen, because they are entangled again in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the, the boastful pride of life, it's worse now than before. It would have been better not to have known Jesus. It would have been better for them not to have known Jesus Christ. Now, how could that be? How could, how could that be for, for somebody that's better not to have known the way of righteousness? This implies that they did know Christ. They enjoyed the benefits of the family at one, at one time, but now they've turned their back. And it's better if they didn't know Jesus. Why? Well, Guy and Wood said three reasons. Number one, they never would have brought reproach against Christ. Okay? Number two, they never would have fallen to this level of depravity. And number three, in the last days, their punishment will increase because they knew better. They knew better. Hell won't be any hotter for them than anybody else, but in their mind, they're going to be thinking, I could have done different forever. I could have done different I could have changed this while I had the chance, but I don't have a chance anymore. If any of us walk away tonight and go back to our wicked ways without repenting and putting Jesus Christ on in baptism after knowing for sure that we need to change, after knowing for sure, we are like, verse 22, dogs who eat their own vomit. And washed pigs who jump right back into the mud. That's how God views. That's how God views the, the, the false teacher. They are destructive. They're doomed. They're depraved. They're deceptive. The question still stands, are, are you a false teacher? Now there are many who claim that I'm a false teacher. Did you know that? There are many who claim that I'm a false teacher. Maybe they claim you are too. I don't know. And because we don't know how to answer sometimes, sometimes it seems like we hit a brick wall with them. Some claim we discredit the virgin birth of Jesus. Did you know that? Now, we most certainly agree. I, I agree that Jesus was born of a virgin. I, I read the prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. I, I see its fulfillment in, in Matthew chapter 1, verse, verse 23. But I do not teach that Mary was a virgin for the rest of her life. Some say I should. That's not taught in the Bible. Some say I'm against miracles and healings today. But I, I very much admit that in, in the Gospels and in Acts, there, there, there were many who were healed of, of all kinds of diseases and all kinds of things were healed of them. And even some were, were, were raised from the dead. I, I fully admit that. But the Bible teaches in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, excuse me, chapters 12, 13, and 14, that the gifts of 
miracles have ceased. Many claim that I'm wrong because of the, the stance I take on baptism. It's not a burial. And it doesn't really matter. And if you teach that it matters, you're wrong. But the Bible says it's a burial. A burial. You know, Colossians chapter 2, verse 12 says it's a burial. And, and, you know, two, baptism is how you get into Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 6, verse 4 says that's how it happens. Many say I'm against the sinner's prayer. But I hope sinners do pray. Like Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, so that God in His providence will send someone to guide them into the truth. You know, we all sin, Romans chapter 3, verse 23. So when a Christian prays, well, that's a sinner's prayer, isn't it? And when a Christian confesses their sin to God, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, God is faithful. He forgives. But a prayer will not put a non-Christian into Jesus Christ. You can't pray and have your sins forgiven and then be baptized. Because in baptism, Acts chapter 22, verse 16, you wash away your sins. Now, many say I'm wrong that I, when I teach that the Bible is the, is the only source of faith. That there are other ways to to God. There are other ways to heaven. But I'm not false when I repeat Romans chapter 11 verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I'm not false when I quote 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17 that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for correcting, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Some believe I'm narrow-minded and bigoted when I won't agree with what they believe. And I should teach that everyone ought to just go to the church of their choice. But I speak where the Bible speaks, and I tell you that Jesus Christ, He only built one church. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. And you can't join the church of your choice. You can if you want to, but you won't be added to the church by God. Acts chapter 2 verse 47. Could I be a false teacher? Holding these views like I just expressed. Could you? If you agree with me? Can you give... Thus saith the Lord for your conclusions. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 verse 46, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Could we be false teachers? Could we? We could if we teach something false. Let me ask you. I'm not going to answer them tonight. I don't have time tonight. But uh, 
What do you believe about the PowerPoint being used? Some think you're wrong for even sitting in here with it. You know that? What do you believe about Halloween? What do you believe? Deacons and elders, should they have more than one child? Or is one child enough? Christmas, what do you believe about that? Marriage, divorce, remarriage, what do you think about that? Easter, about that one. It's coming up in about six months, isn't it? One cup. What do you believe about that? You know, there's some who say, and they teach the same things that we do about baptism, and they say we're wrong by having the multiple cups on Sunday and classrooms. And going down here afterwards and eating the building. Instrumental music in worship. What do you what do you think? What do you think? Is it okay? Should we have two services, like some in the brotherhood, one with instruments and one without? There's a right way to answer each and every one of these. But there are many who would look at the way we believe and the way that we practice here at Fountainhead. They would look at the way we believe and what we teach about each and every one of these things and they would say that we are false teachers. We must work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Because it would be scary to fall into the hands of the living God with false teaching as part of our repertoire. Let's work out our own salvation with fear and trembling and do our best to expose and, and never follow the destructive, doomed, depraved, deceptive false teacher. Not fall back like dogs and pigs. Make sure we can back up what we believe with God's Word. I hope I didn't describe anyone here tonight. I hope I didn't. I hope I tried to make you, I tried to make you think. But if I did describe anyone here tonight, will you change? Will you change? John chapter 8, verse 32, Jesus said, You shall know a deceptive lie, and the deceptive lie will set you free. No. He said, you shall know a destructive doctrine and the destructive doctrine will set you free. No. He said, you shall know the truth. The truth, it'll make you free. A false teacher, you know, would never tell you how to get into Jesus Christ 
in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, and Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, says that you're baptized into Jesus Christ. And that's the truth. Come now. As together we stand.